0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer
1: Linton
2: and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live once again. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, June 22nd, wherever. And however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who's laying the groundwork for a new Group of Five conference television show, Jerem Jordan.
3: Okay, so at the suggestion of one Twitter uh, follower, Mm -hmm. who I've muted, and I was informed of this tweet Uh because I don't see them. Okay. Hi, David Welker. We're going to do this. So listen. He said, Jerem, go join the Sun Belt and create Sun Belt Sports Nation. Win all you want, but BYU will never make the playoff with last year's or any Sun Belt schedule. I've never called for that, period. We need to win with the schedules we have or join the AAC or other conference and win, end quote.
2: Don't you think BYU so, should join the AAC if they're going to go to a group of five? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're not in favor I'm of joining calling, the Sun Belt, though. I'm not
3: calling for a Sun Belt schedule. You
2: don't want to battle with Coastal every year, our newfound rival, according to Wikipedia. Yeah,
3: that's, I love that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or Arkansas State battle it out.
3: Listen, I did love the '96 game mm-hmm. against Arkansas yes. or Kansas uh-huh. State, but uh, they had
2: a different mascot at that time. Now they're the Red Wolves. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so many thoughts. Not enough time. Loaded show.
2: I can't wait for Sunbelt Sports Nation. So uh,
3: eventually I'm going to leave and go live in uh, Mississippi and we'll start Sunbelt Sports Nation.
2: Debuting on BYU TV's app. Coming
3: 2034.
2: Brand new episodes starting 2 a.m. Sunday morning in 2034.
3: This is news to our breath.
2: (laughs) Your show lineup includes a report live from that swaggy new BYU football locker room today. Jason Shepard on location in the brand new sharp clean digs for the Cougar footballers. He may have a football guest with him as well. Director of football operations John Swift will join us to examine that huge upgrade project that's been decades in the making and has gone BYU viral. Probably has a few other programs feeling a little envious as well. It's been a long time in the making. Plus, Phil Steele's rankings are out for 2021 college football and an all-time BYU basketball team showdown on social media that needs some more attention. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
3: Practice locker room in the student-athlete building was unveiled yesterday. It's not in LaBelle Edwards Stadium. I think there's some confusion. It's in the student-athlete building where the team practices. That's where they hang out every day. Okay? They go to LaBelle Edwards Stadium like uh, 10 times a year. It includes upgraded amenities within the existing locker room footprint. It's 75 yards long, by the way, based on Ooh. the Eagles setup. Uh Fun fact, from 2004. First renovation since it was built in 04 and it looks spectacular. I can't wait to see in person. I can't wait to talk to Shep later and see it via television, like you will as well.
2: The coordination and collaboration that went into this project makes my head spin. It just—that's well, why they hired looks Dr. Billionaire. Amazing. BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo commenting on yesterday's Supreme Court ruling: nine nothing against the NCAA. No that's more amateurism. A win. And the quote, BYU Athletics remain supportive of our student-athletes making as much money as they can. End quote. Homo stands by the Built for Life program and is prepared to take any details of student-athlete compensation or name-image likeness legislation and add them in.
3: Phil Steele's uh, position rankings are out. Top units, the running backs at 33rd, followed by the linebackers at 41, receivers at 45, and offensive line at 49.
2: In Volleyball Nations League play, Team USA drops a 3-2 to match against Slovenia yesterday. Taylor Sander led the United States in scoring with 16 points. Team USA bounced back this morning in a sweep over Bulgaria, 3-0.
3: Gavin Julian, sophomore on the men's volleyball team, makes the U21 national training team for the U.S. Julian played in six games last week.
2: Congratulations to BYU women's golf star, Anique Haskiewicz, who wins the Southern Nevada Women's Am. She shot a 68, followed up by a 72. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending, a BYU
2: sports major. Level up, swag it out, bring in the recruits. Jerem, that new locker room is incredible. And you pick the word. I mean, it is uh, it. It is a thing it's of beauty. It's inconceivable. It's a thing of beauty. Question is, is the new SAB locker room a quote-unquote game changer for BYU?
3: I think it helps. Uh, will it give BYU one more win a year? I'm not sure about that.
2: Will it bring in enough recruits to get one more win like, a year?
3: Did the annex change things for BYU men's basketball? I would argue not that much. What really changed for BYU basketball was Mark Pope. What really changed for BYU football was getting the right quarterback, getting the right system in place, getting Aaron Roderick and Zach Wilson, right? Uh, getting Klein Take, da-da-da, after Bronco Mendenhall left. Those are uh, more substantial changes in, within a program. But this is awesome. Who? Okay, a lot of times when we assess how great a thing is, we assess from our perspective. That is the incorrect way to assess it when you talk about recruiting specifically. You have to think like a 15 to 20-year-old, right? Because there are transfers who come in, too. That matters, right? There is an arms race that BYU typically um, is a little behind on because BYU values things that aren't just pumping money into coaches' salaries and the facilities. But BYU does a good job of maintaining a really high level. Is it the nicest in the country? No. But is it Comparable, absolutely, yes, absolutely. So what this looks like is BYU stepped up and and did this. Now some people yesterday were saying, "Wait, is that why we had to donate twenty mil last year?" There are a lot of different projects that BYU is involved in that don't uh, that that don't necessarily tie into
2: that, yeah, and have independent donors.
3: Yes, and by the way, when they built the annex, Marriott Center annex. They got all the money to subsidize what it will cost to maintain it for the foreseeable future. So BYU is really wise in how it approaches these financial things. So back to, is it a game changer? The actual games? No, probably not. But it elevates the experience. And perhaps you're getting a couple of guys who may not have considered BYU that will now because they like the shiny toy. That is the practice facility, but at the end of the day, you got to play football, and if football doesn't happen, how is the experience at that university? It's going to be awesome. Billy Nixon talks about player experience. This enhances that, absolutely.
2: I love the array of tweets we saw yesterday. One from our colleague, Mark Durant, who is the BYU basketball analyst. He said, quote, Parade of Homes is getting out of hand. <laughs>
3: it's really nice.
2: If you're around Utah, the Utah Parade of Homes is a big deal. They show out the nicest places. I, yeah. I
3: hate the Parade of Homes, by the way.
2: <laughs> just makes you want everything, It just makes right? me mad. Makes you it want just everything makes me else. upset.
3: I'll never have this. this is okay. Bad.
2: Well, on, in that vein, I appreciated a tweet from a member of the media who is a renowned Utah fan. I'll leave him nameless, but he did say, look. So Dave Fox? I, I hate BYU. <laughs> As much as the next Utah fan. But you can't tell me when a young kid walks into that locker room, they won't be excited. It looks fantastic. Yeah, it's updated. This is a game changer for BYU.
3: Well, does it change the game itself? No, you still got to throw the ball. You still got to block. You still got to tackle. But, it, but it, it helps. It absolutely helps.
2: It helps bring in those young kids that just maybe are on the fence. Wondering about, well, I can go to this program that has nicer facilities and is in a Power Five conference. Maybe, maybe this swings a couple of recruits on the fence. Yeah. Like, oh, this, this you, is legit like a Power Five program. Yeah, I think I want this. I know it you sounds still fickle. Have
3: to, you still have to sign up for the honor code. I, I you know, know it, it sounds though, fickle, though,
2: yeah. but like, th- these are the types of things that are important to kids. As you said, between the ages of 15 and 18.
3: It's good to have some shiny things in the garage. Yes. Right? And this is, that's the garage of BYU football. And that car looks really nice. We went to a fan fest a couple years ago. I won't say where. But we, w- we went to a party the night before at a former player's house. And the garage was open. Mm-hmm. And there were like three cars worth as much as my house. Well, not now in Utah, maybe. but yeah. Still close. <laughs> maybe double. But it was really nice. And I was like, oh, wow. When that, that, if that's the garage of BOA football, the players can come on a tour and go, Oh, this is nice. Yes. Because honestly, until yesterday, Weber State had a nicer practice locker room than BOA.
2: No longer. But not,
3: but not anymore, right? BOA's got a nicer one.
2: And we know that LaVell Edwards Stadium and the locker room over there is that needs need an, upgrade. an upgrade too. Yep. But the players will spend much more time in that locker room in the student athlete building than they will in the actual Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I
3: would argue room. roughly 20 to 30 times more. Yes. It's almost it's not close. It's every day in the SAB, the student athlete building.
2: I love that former players were chiming in. Squally Canada said, Look, I'm jealous, but I'm happy for the guys. It, it's been forever. In 2004, you mentioned was the last time that the locker room was upgraded. We're talking seventeen years,
3: and before that, it was what the uh, Smithfield House. Yes, and, listen, BYU won a natty without a nice locker room, but in twenty twenty one, you do have to keep up to some degree. Is BYU going to, you know, be on the top end of that? No, but are they going to be competitive? Always, yes, always. So th- this is a positive move.
2: Like it's it, swagged out with the swoosh. The it looks, colors are bright. It,
3: listen, I love being in Nike school. I love being Nike. Everything about it. But when you see that massive swoosh in there, I'm just like, yes,
2: yeah. yes. <laughs> I love being tied there. It, it matters. At J Nails 21 tweets in. When BYU beats Utah, we will know it's because of the locker room. Oh my God. <laughs>
3: Let's let's just hope BYU doesn't put up what Utah did in terms of values, and then one of them is super obvious, and you don't need to actually put that on the wall. If you know, you know. Wow. Okay. Topic two. How do you see this Supreme Court ruling yesterday affecting college sports in the next ten years? We heard from Tom Hommel earlier. What do you think?
2: I really have no idea because there is so much legislation out there that still needs to happen. I guess what I feel confident is players will be paid and probably it will be equalized at the college level, meaning, okay, you're going to pay everyone the same amount, whether it's a stipend or increased funds, but that will be equal. I feel like that has to happen. And then the name image likeness for the stars is where those athletes can really separate themselves from the rest and make money because they're the best players. But I'm guessing that – like the stipend, I think we we saw forty five hundred dollars per semester for athletes that are competing at the divisional level to have a full scale scholarship at b y u Maybe that gets bumped up towards i don't know ten or fifteen thousand dollars for the year, and again that's a
3: massive jump that's yeah.
2: equal. It's equal for all athletes, regardless of sport. But then the name and gender, by the way, name, image, likeness—that's where athletes have the opportunity to go and make more money if they want to. So I would anticipate something like that that is fair because equality is such a huge deal right now. Uh, I just don't know if there's going to be a cap. Like, is is there?
3: You can't be capped. That's the point. The
2: sure name, image, likeness. But what I'm saying is Uh, like
3: no, no, no. Here, so. So Ralph Russo in the AP said the ruling means the that value can't be capped.
2: Well then how do you equalize if you what cap everyone it, you're gets. doing the
3: same thing that happened before. Well no it's only worth this. Here you go. You can't cap it is okay. what they're saying. So I'm wondering if it will be
2: equal. So no cap and just we think just how
3: they much... State in Alabama are going to give the same amount out. No.
2: No. Yeah, so if there and, is if there is no cap then Alabama players get I don't know how many thousands well, extra per year let's and Let's talk then, about it.
3: So tuition, cost of uh, living, dot, 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 at each school varies, so it's already not the same. Mm-hmm. Like, the scholarship at a more expensive institution is worth more than at a lesser, uh, in terms of uh, finances institution. Sure. Right? Not saying the value, uh, I'm talking dollar amount, I'm not taking, like, the experience. So it's already uneven that way. But, yeah, we, a lot of questions, right? How do you distribute funds? Uh, and is it equal by sport? Uh, does it matter if you start or not? Is it all, it's just like if you're on scholarship, period. What if you're on the baseball team or volleyball team, men's volleyball team, and you have .25 of a scholarship? Because that's the case, by the way. Does everyone realize that? Baseball has 11.7 scholarships. Men's volleyball has four and a half.
2: You can break them up however you want.
3: Well, there are rules to that. There are rules to that um, and how it's distributed. In fact, a previous men's volleyball coach was let go because he distributed them in a way that ah. wasn't kosher within the rules. So it's complicated. I don't. Yeah, I don't know the answer to. Uh, of <laughs> Does how the it's NCAA
2: work. have any say in how scholarships are distributed now? After well, yesterday, well,
3: there will have to be more guidelines. So Ralph Russo in an article did a nice job. A couple of his thoughts: ruling doesn't mandate that schools pay athletes. It only prevents the NCAA from standing in the way of educational benefits. So perhaps the payment comes through educational benefits in. More ways than one. Like, what isn't being addressed in the scholarship that can? Also, yeah, is there an increased stipend that helps? Like, in theory, towards rent or whatever else isn't covered already? I'm not exactly sure. Can you give more uh, resources, like a computer or iPad or whatever, that would benefit? I don't know. And if the value can't be capped, what does that mean? We let's let's be honest. We all know that in High-performing college athletics, there is under-the-table money being given to athletes to go to certain schools, right? So that's going to continue. But this is the, like, public, legal distribution of funds in whatever way that is. So does it have
2: to be under the table anymore?
3: It will always be under the table in addition to this. Even if
2: name, image, and likeness are out there, couldn't they just say— hey, we want to utilize you as a poster child for this corporation that's tied in with the university, and we're going to pay you X amount of dollars.
3: Yes, but you think those hands won't come out still saying, what are you going to pay me? Like, we earned that, but to get me to your school to get to the NIL, what are you paying? Right,
2: but so to avoid the risk of potentially getting in trouble, though, couldn't they just mask it with a corporate? They don't really get
3: in trouble. Very few schools get in trouble. Arizona recently— You're you
2: eliminate the risk at all. Just take it away. <laughs>
3: it's worth it. Ask Alabama and Clemson with all their trophies. Like Guaranteed, these teams, Ohio State, they're all handing out money. Sure. but what College I, basketball, they're handing out money.
2: But if, if it's okay and there's no cap on value, what I'm saying is you don't I, have to sneak what I'm around saying anymore. Is to
3: get to the school requires a certain amount. Then NIL comes in. Okay, That's what I'm saying. To get to the school.
2: So recruits before they're in the program. Yes. Okay. yes. Now I am seeing think what of, you're think about talking certain, about. Yes.
3: Think about certain schools and how they get certain guys. It's not because they want to get an education at that school or even play basketball.
2: Our question of the day, it's about money and upgrades and BYU, they do it differently. They raise all the money and then they upgrade the facilities and that's how it's going to be in Provo. So with that in mind, what is the best BYU athletics upgrade of the past 10 years? There have been a bunch and you can go any route you want with this could be personnel could be actual facilities let's hear from you BYUSN in voice of the nation this is the voice of the nation on BYU sports nation at dan underscore smith for BYU answers on twitter the Marriott Center Annex and Football Locker Room. Both are huge for recruiting. So he went with two, even though he asked for the one. <laughs>
3: hey, those are awesome, right? Uh, at Andrew RM on Twitter. The new All Royal All Navy football uniform.
2: Best upgrade.
3: Oh, uh, I would argue Zach Wilson at quarterback.
2: Ooh, okay.
3: The biggest upgrade ever. Okay, uh, coming up, Boy Hoops Greats. Call each other out. And we started it.
2: And next, we go live to that brand new locker room in the student-athlete building with Director of Football Operations, John Swift. He's going to tell us what went into creating these new digs. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU
3: fans everywhere. You in case you missed it, BYU Football, a history of offensive innovation is on demand on the BYU TV app. Oh, the reactions! The guys yesterday when they saw it for the first time in the uh, practice locker room, fantastic. <laughs> Samson Nicole is like, come down to BYU and they get in a new locker room? This is great.
2: So well-deserved for the BYU football program. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. A quick football note here. Just announced. Linebacker Keenan Peely and center James Empey have been named to the 2020-2021 COSIDA Academic All-District Football Team.
3: Hey, good students, man. Love smart it.
2: Smart guys, good you, students, You need fantastic them to be smart on the players. field,
3: and it's not likely that they're going to be, you know, dumb as a rock in one place and super smart in the other. So that balance is important. Because all- guess, guess who's in the center of the field making calls? Those
2: two dudes. Quarterback of the line. And then the quarterback of the defense. Yeah. You betcha. Speaking of mega minds and intelligence, joining us now <laughs> on the Deseret I First don't think Credit he has that big Hotline of <laughs> is the BYU football or director of football operations, John Swift, who uh, really in a lot of ways with Billy Nixon was a huge part of building this amazing locker room. John, thanks for joining us today. How are you?
1: I'm good, man. Thanks for that uh, nice introduction. You guys are too kind with the old Megamind and Smarts comments. I appreciate that. Hey, we're doing what we can.
2: Okay, John, take us to the beginning of this project. When did the conversation really ramp up about doing this?
1: Man, the conversation for this happened um, even preceding this past season. Um, You know, we we had a lot of players who came to us with concerns about a number of things that they felt were – just behind with our program. And Kalani has built a culture here where this is really a player-led team. And so, you know, we're always open to these, these conversations and suggestions and even have a leadership council of players that we rely on to get a pulse on the program. And so over a year ago, they came to us and said, look, we really do need to upgrade things. It's time. And that's when the conversation started. And our vice president, um, Keith Vorkink, was great about um, sitting down with those same players and having that conversation as well as Tom Homo. And uh, they got the ball rolling. And they were able to uh, then dip into what was an endowment fund that was put in place for this building and for this facility. And uh, the rest is history, man. Then we started rolling, looking at the best companies to design these lockers and locker rooms and um, pulled the players and uh, figured out what they wanted in a locker room and threw it all together. Um, And so, you know, from from then to now, it feels like it's been a whirlwind. But um, everyone's been really great and uh, we're happy to finally have it done. It's been a long time coming.
3: Well, it looks amazing, and yeah, seventeen years since the you know when it was first built, and now the first remodel—it just looks amazing. What were some of the inspirations and motivations behind what you guys did?
1: We looked at a number of different um, Power Five locker rooms, as well as some of the G Five locker rooms, and um, mainly for how the lockers should be laid out in terms of compartments, storage, all that kind of stuff. Um, In terms of design, we really loved the sleek modern look of Penn State's locker room, plus their color scheme was very similar to ours. Um, But then we just really, the, the main things we wanted to hit were functionality wise, what did our players need and what did they want? Um, I've seen a lot of comments, and in a lot of people's comments, about the fact that we still have shuffle boards in the locker room. (laughs) Our players are all about the shuffle board, man. We only had one before the locker room renovation, and there was always lines waiting to play it, so we had to bring in a second one. So they're all about the shuffle board. For anyone who's asking why we put shuffle boards in there, Um, that was an important that was an important aspect of it.
2: John Swift, director of football operations at BYU, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Take us to the moment that the players finally saw it and that reaction. What was your perspective in that moment?
1: Man, it was unreal. Um, I, I was smiling and laughing watching your guys' stills of uh, the players reacting to it. I actually was up in the team room with them letting them know we would be bringing them down now to see it, and they were all excited, and I waited till they all cleared down the stairwell. So I wasn't actually in there when the first ones walked through and saw it, but I could hear them. You could hear them through the floor. They were excited, and, and I knew when I could hear them screaming and and hollering from through the floor that uh, we had done the right thing. And then when I saw these videos of them reacting, man, it was, this is what it's all about. This was for them. It wasn't for anyone else besides these guys who work so hard and who deserve this. And uh, we're just so excited that, that now they can finally move into it and make it their home.
3: So it's the student-athlete building locker room, the one they use the most. We talked about how Lavelle Edwards Stadium is a different locker room. Obviously, that's a project you know, at some point that will require renovation as well. But what doesn't? Everything, everyone wants a renovation at some point. So it's not just the locker room area for the players, though. There were other spaces that you guys redid, too. Tell us about those areas. And we're looking forward to talk, uh, talking live with Jason and, and walking around.
1: Yeah, um, I'm excited for you guys to see some of those other areas. Some of them still have a few loose ends that need tied up, which is partly why you guys probably haven't seen photos or video of those up to this point. But uh, the coaches' locker room area, which houses our full-time coaches, our strength coaches, our support staff, our GAs, and our analysts was redone as well. Um, It was was dated much like the, the players' locker room was. We also redid the alumni locker room. We feel there's a strong importance for us to make a connection with all those guys. They're always here working out. We want to give them a nice, comfortable place to be. And so we redid that area as well. They'll have their own um, name place, just like the players have, um, that will be designated for them to come and work out and have their own home place. And then uh, the equipment room also got a facelift, which is nice. We want it to not look more like a workspace as much as just an extension of the locker room, a place where the BYU history, as well as a wow factor can be present, much like the locker room and the Nike gear display wall.
3: Yeah, we love what the uh, Vandy homies did. Uh, you know, with the metallic jerseys, that was super cool. Tell me more about the Those NFL. Awesome. Yeah, that was great. The alumni locker room. So, I, I read this and clarify this. If does every, how many NFL guys have a locker room in there? Is it is it current guys in the NFL?
1: So it gets a little bit tricky. So that's a good question. We we have made up about twenty six nameplates, but there's only twelve lockers in there. So whenever we know one is around, what's going to happen is we're going to switch up and put up their locker nameplate in there so that they have their own space. But it's a good problem to have too many guys in the NFL, and uh, we're, currently, we're currently there. So we're just going to take care of them when they're here and make sure they have their own place to, to set up shop when they're here working out.
2: He is the director of football operations at BYU, John Swift. How long did you have to keep the team away from the area while it was under construction so that you keep everything secretive?
1: We, uh, we had them cleared out since early April of the locker room, and they haven't moved in until yesterday. And so they were out for a significant amount of time working out out of duffel bags and just going home after their workouts and bringing their own water and going home to shower. Um, so it's been an interesting two and a half or three months for these guys. Um, I, I would be lying if I didn't say there was a few guys who, who tried to peek their heads in and get a sneak peek <laughs> that we had to kick out. A little too curious, but uh, they, they did a pretty good job all around making it be a surprise. So it was exciting for him to see for the first time.
3: John, we were discussing, is this a game changer for BYU football? How do you feel about this?
1: I think it is. I I think, um, you know, a lot of the research has shown that it's not necessarily facilities that make the difference um, at the end of the day with recruiting and and I know that Kalani would, would hope that guys aren't picking us just because of a facility, but it certainly helps to at least be on par and better Um, than a lot of the people you're competing with for recruits. And so now we feel that we're in a place where our players have a comfortable place to be, they have a place that they love, and we have a place that we can show off and have a little bit of a wow factor just to add on top of everything else we're trying to sell with our program. So I think it will help to make a big difference in um, turning the tide for some of the guys who may have not been considering coming here.
2: The feedback, at least as far as we can tell on social media, has been overwhelmingly positive. Just a ton of excitement. But you mentioned the shuffle boards. Maybe you got a little trash there. Did you get any other negative feedback about anything besides the shuffle boards?
1: We, 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 the only things that I saw were shuffle boards and the showers. So, uh, (laughs) you know, I I had to, I had to laugh about those, but our guys don't seem to mind, you know, and it was a capacity thing. So with those showers, we would have lost out on eight shower heads if we didn't have that middle bank. So we were, we were uh, playing a numbers game there.
3: Listen, tree of life, right? Everyone that went to the uh, MTC knows the deal. Hey, although although in, South Paulo, used to it. Yeah, in South Paulo, it wasn't that way. I guess I got lucky. Um, <laughs> Lavelle Edwards Stadium, that locker room. Are there plans, are there discussions for something like uh, a renovation there in the future?
1: We don't have anything major on the, on the docket right now. We are doing a minor renovation in there. Um, actually moving where the coach's locker room is with where the trainers are going to be just for better accessibility for our trainers. So there are little things that are taking place here and there, and those rooms that are getting moved around will get a facelift. Um, And they did some upgrades pretty recently, actually, in that home locker room, um, putting in a new speaker system, doing some repainting and things that really freshened it up. We're in there six games um, out of a year, really six days, and sometimes just two additional days for scrimmage and things. So right now it's just not an area that we feel necessary to put funds to, as opposed to other areas that that really could have an impact on the program right now. John,
2: congratulations on an amazing project. We appreciate the time and the insight into uh, what went into this and we can't wait to see it with our own eyes.
1: Yeah. Happy to walk you guys through it. We'll see you guys in a bit.
2: You got it. John Swift on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how the director of football operations hard at work with Billy Nixon.
3: He said in a bit because we're actually going to go down like an hour. Uh, and go check it out ourselves. So, super exciting. It looks great. It looks great. And great point by him when we talked about, hey, Lavelle Stadium, it certainly needs something at some point, but they're putting it into other spaces that they use more, the utility of the thing. And, again, this is the practice locker room. It's where they are every day. That's the spot that needed it more.
2: Yes, without question. I'm just happy for the guys. Okay,
3: coming up, we go live to the locker room, the new one with Jason
2: Shepard. And which Cougar is the highest ranked nationally at his position, according to Phil Steele? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. This week
3: on D-Blue, the radio show, I talked with Craig Cusick about the day that changed his life when he found out his dad had cancer and he hit a buzzer beater to beat Utah State. Listen to it on the BYU radio app and where podcasts are found.
2: He is Jerem. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
3: Bill Steele has Jake Oldroyd as BYU's highest ranked player nationally at fourth among kickers. Is Oldroyd the best BYU player nationally at his position?
2: Wow, that is quite the compliment for Jake Oldroyd. And after his season, I mean, he he was a finalist. He was a finalist, right? Best kicker in the country. It makes sense. He's back. Uh, If it's not Jake Oldroyd, it's probably James Empey at center. I think he's got a lot of swag in his position. Tyler Algier's got some nice recognition, but none of the returning players were a top three finalist for their position of the year award like Jake Oldroyd. This makes perfect sense. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with Phil Steele here.
3: Yeah, it's Jake Oldroyd. He's fantastic.
2: Gavin, yeah. He
3: didn't miss a field goal. No, he was
2: perfect. He literally was perfect.
3: Somehow missed some P.A.T.'s,
2: but he didn't miss a field goal. Once he went back to the old nickname, he was perfect. Oh, boy.
3: (laughs) Super super awesome.
2: BYU basketball forward center Gavin Baxter tweeted out the following yesterday. Quote, there is no offseason, bro. Jerem, is there an offseason?
3: First off, there was no no context to that tweet, which is great. No, there's an off season. Follow the guys on Instagram. You'll see that there's an off season. <laughs> they're not, they're not every day grinding. There are days where they don't play basketball.
2: You, you need, you need a few days of rest just to yeah. salvage your body to right. some degree.
3: Yeah, he's coming back from injury, but bro, yes, there's is an, there, off is there an off season.
2: Off season, yeah. bro.
3: Yesterday, BYU TV Sports posted a team of five former Cougars consisting of Jim Fredette, T.J. Haas, Jake Toulson, Yoli Childs, and Eric Mika for Team A versus Team B of Elijah Bryant, Tyler Haas, Alex Barcello, Brandon Davies, and Kyle Collinsworth. Who you got, Team A or Team B? And we heard some fun opinions on this. Yes.
2: uh, The overwhelming majority went with Team A. Yeah. This is the Jimmer effect. Because Jimmer. This is the Jimmer effect. Just he gets buckets. I get it. And Yoli, recency bias, how awesome he was. Jake and T.J., defensively jerem i like team b a lot there's a reason we made team b team b in fact i think that the two players that are most capable of playing in the nba right now one of them is elijah bryant with the bucks the other is brandon davies they're both on team b they're both experienced veteran wiley guys I, I think I'm gonna go with Team B because of mm. the defensive factor there.
3: I think it'd be incredible. And again, we said best of seven, which is like the true winner, right? A one-off is whatever. Um, I, I really like Team A, of course. I either way, man. If if I you know I had to pick A, I guess. Kyle Collins were tweeted, I'm telling you right now, Team A doesn't want any part of Team B. Team B in five. Ooh. Eric Meeker responded to that and said, well, there's only one way to find out, tough guy. <laughs> and then on... Uh,
2: this would go seven games, I think. This would be a seven-game seven, series.
3: Probably go seven. Elijah Brown on Instagram, who is guarding Kyle in the post is all I want to know. Great
2: question. A fantastic question.
3: It'd but- probably be Yoli Childs.
2: The size and defense and overall versatility of Team B makes this way more interesting than most people were reacting to on social media. Like, oh, Jammer, TJ, Yoli, Team A, landslide. No, it's not going to be a landslide. No.
3: I think it'd be really fun. Yes. On BYU TV.
2: An extremely compelling and rich we, matchup.
3: We line this up. I don't know. Programming. We him. need to
2: talk to Elijah Bryan.
3: FYI, programming. We're doing a Sunbelt Sports Nation in 2034. We're also lining up this 5 on two
2: New episodes, 2 a.m. Sunday morning.
3: Okay, coming up <laughs> top in uh, China. Top 5 Tuesday features the Top 5 Power 5 football.
2: Ah, yes. I know you love those Power 5 opponents, Jerem. There has been some great moments of success. But next, Jason Shepard joins us from inside the new BYU football locker room. This is BYU Sports Nation.
3: Jep's on BYU Radio. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Kiki Salano gets a first-hand tour of the new locker room from Uriah Leah Check it out on the BYUSN Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Account.
2: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. It's time for all of you now to get a tour of the locker room sorts with Jason Shepard, who joins us from the student-athlete building. Shep, I just, I just want to know, have you found your locker yet? You know,
0: I have not. I, I did look for, you know, a locker that said Shepard on it. I, I did not see that. Maybe <laughs> I need That's to take it, like a second lap to see if, if there was one for me. But, guys, I know you've talked a lot about it on the show today. Being here and seeing it with my own eyes, it, it's even better than what the videos and the picture showed. It's absolutely unbelievable. I'm right now in the equipment room, which, as I told you before we went on the air, is both exhilarating and depressing because I'm not going to get any of the equipment that's in here. Uh, but uh, in fact, I just saw Taysom Hill walk through about uh, 15, 20 minutes ago. So all of the big guns are coming in here today, uh, but beyond just... Uh, Some of the the things in the locker room just here in the equipment room you have the display of all of the helmets the history of BYU helmets On the wall, you have the history of the BYU uniform, which is absolutely unbelievable. I know you've had a couple of guys talking about some of the specifics of the locker room, uh, but uh, it is patterned after the Philadelphia Eagles, which is really cool. It was built and renovated on the existing footprint of the old locker room, so nothing changed in terms of the dimensions. But in terms of the player experience, and I know that's something that BYU is really, really trying to tap into and increase the player experience, you know, this has been something that, the, the players have loved. They were able to have some input into it. In fact, um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and hear from one of the players. Oh, look at, snap. Look, Neil Powell oh, is, to be is walking in. Why don't, you, why don't you come in? Did you see the nice Nike uh, shoe display in the back? So, Neil Powell joining me here. Um, First and foremost, we saw the reaction of the video yesterday of everybody coming in and eyes were all open and everybody couldn't believe how awesome it was. What was your reaction when you came in here and saw this for the first time? Uh,
4: Mine was kind of the same. Some guys had walked through before and kind of seen it before, but I waited till I guess, yesterday, that moment, to finally see, I guess, the change because I'm so used to the brown and (laughs) what was before. And it's still surreal right now. Like even walking in, we're all still surprised that like we come into a new locker room. Uh, It just feels different. It feels feels good for sure. What does this do for you as a player
0: in terms of having all of these comforts and everything looking shiny and new? As a player, what does that mean to you in terms of this program?
4: Yeah, I think it's huge. I think what Kalani did uh, just in this change, I think it'll help uh, with recruiting. Uh, us as players love it. So we're going to treat it just maybe better than where we live right now. Uh, but I think recruiting-wise and having other kids see that, you know, we are not behind, I feel like, anymore. We're, we're just as uh, up-to-date as other pi- Power 5 schools. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I think a lot of uh, good things will come from this renovation.
0: One of the cool things is that you guys as players had an opportunity to have some input in terms of what you want, what would be functional, what would be cool to have. Yeah what does that mean to you that your input you start to see that out here in the locker room
4: yeah i thought it was cool they had talked to us about it uh whenever they did uh last year and none of us are interior designers so we couldn't really see what they were talking about and stuff they had brought up ideas and like okay we like this we like this and the guy that did it he did it for many other schools so he tried to just put his input of what they could have thought they could have done better and we agreed with certain things and uh, at the end of the day we 're just happy with the results well,
0: when you look at the lockers themselves, obviously the the cushion seating and all of the storage compartments whether it 's for yeah. personal items or for football gear, the shoe display, the shoe rack, which is cool. you guys have charging ports yeah. and being able to you know charge your phones or whatever what 's your favorite part of all of the new stuff
4: um, besides all the space, I think it 's for sure the charging ports. A lot of us were tired of walking to one station, having to leave our phone and but it's cool just to put it in our locker now, and now we can just charge it and then stay in our locker. Whether we're doing homework, whatever it is, we don't have to walk across, I feel like, the whole room just to charge our phone or whatever.
0: Well, Neil, thanks for stopping by. I know that, uh, that a lot of the alumni who are no longer here are super yeah. jealous that you guys get this. So uh, I'm sure you guys will enjoy having, having this for years to come. Thanks. We will. Thank you guys you you heard it from Neil, the players love it, and honestly, it really is like he said, and I know you guys were talking about it like from a recruiting standpoint like this is this could be a game changer this is going to be something that fans are going to want,
2: and potential you know players are going to want to be a part of. Jason, do you have a favorite part of everything you've seen? If so, what is it
0: <sighs> i, I... Honestly, I love the, the personalization that they have on all of the lockers. Not just the names, but they have like an action photo of that particular player. And it's lit up, so it just looks really clean and fresh. And everything is in the royal blue, which is really cool. I, I love the personalization on each locker. Uh, I think that's a really nice touch beyond just the name.
3: It looks cool too because obviously the locker room is one thing, but you're in the equipment room, which we were just looking at some pictures of. There are uh, Vandy Creations, we, we've hung out with these guys. We love them, they're great. They've created uh, all the, the history of the uniforms, which is super cool up on the wall as well. I love that.
0: Yeah, it's it's really cool, and I mean, it, it starts with the, you know the very first one has BYUA, or and so Brigham Young Academy, and it goes all the way to the current one. There's even one here that you know looks like it's a, like a Chicago Bears. It, it's uniform, orange, like and it's throwback. From, it's from 42. Yeah, it's an
3: orange. Yeah, it's from 42. Yeah, they wore it for
0: one year. This 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 whole thing is done first class. And and that's what these players, you know, this is something that they can be proud of because this area is where they spend 90, 95 percent of their time. It's after practice. It's where they hang out. You know, so having this be a place like this with all of the comforts that you could ever want or need, it, it really is a big deal for the BYU football program. There's no question about it.
2: Jason, how's your shuffleboard game?
0: I have never played
2: shuffleboard. I have, I have, but I did go when I was
0: out in the locker room. There were a couple people playing shuffleboard. There was also like a nerf hoop that was being uh, played on. So there's a lot of really cool stuff in here. And like I said, this is where the guys are going to hang out. They need to feel comfortable. There's all new, brand new televisions. You have the shuffleboard, like uh, like you just mentioned. You know, anything and everything that a football player would want in a facility like this this place has it's it is it's we see all these videos from schools like whether it's Oregon you know or LSU and now BYU has that type of facility and that's really cool for Cougar fans and certainly for the Cougar football team
2: i'm just going to need you to bring back something for our office okay i don't care what it is just find something
3: well it can't be that landline behind you <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. Just find something and so bring it I'm back being, to our office.
0: I'm being handed this. I probably would literally be tackled if I tried to leave the premises with it. But uh, this came out of this came out of Jaron Hall's little cubby.
2: Oh, okay. so Jaron doesn't need that. So this this may well Jaron's going to need it a this lot may this may be Jaron Hall's. Jaron's going to need it every game. Oh, Chef, thanks for uh, the insight, man. We appreciate the report, the conversation with Neil Paul. We'll see you again soon. Sounds good, guys. I just want to go down there right now. Can we just well, end the show right now?
3: No, yeah. we have ten nine okay. minutes and forty seconds. Um, almost done. Jason didn't go into the locker room area because it's now active. Yeah. So he can't go in there right now.
2: are guys, uh, Duke you know, North Carolina, out after stuff,
3: dressing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was inactive yesterday. They just kind of showed up, but now they're they're going. They're back.
2: They're right I want the shoe locker. In my own personal closet. Oh, yeah, I, that was I nice. I want that.
3: Like, you pull it out, yes. and it's, like, angled. uh uh-huh. Yeah, that's really I'm
2: nice. I am, as you would say, well, peanut butter and jelly.
3: Yeah, peanut butter and jealous.
2: About the yeah. shoe locker.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's in jealous. <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> okay, coming up. Who earns a prestigious rise and cheddar?
2: Top five Tuesday features BYU's best wins against Power Five opponents. Oh, the Utah helmets upside down. Well played. Mm. Well played, Billy Nixon. This is BYU Sports Nation. Jonathan Swift. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps.
3: You can download the podcast by Googling BYU Sports Nation. Subscribe, review it, and rate it.
2: You know what time it is, Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Today we focus in on the top five wins all time for BYU football against Power 5 opponents.
3: Number 5, 1983, 37-35 win at UCLA in the Battle of Steves, Young, and Bono. Cougars defeated the eventual Rose Bowl champs UCLA thanks to 535 yards, 265 of which were on the ground. Led by Casey Tiamalu. And 270 yards passing from Steve Young. He finished this season 11-1, 7th in the AP poll. Steve Young finishes 2nd in the Heisman voting. And this is one of two wins against teams who finished ranked yes. in the final
2: AP Top 20. Match. UCLA won the Rose Bowl in 1983. How about that? They actually did something of significance in 1983. Yes, and did. BYU beat them in the Rose Bowl. Did they but talk about it
3: like we talked about in The actual Rose Bowl.
2: Yeah, this is a huge, huge win. Greatest team in BYU football history, Jeremy.
3: <laughs> Let's do a show on that. Oh, wait. We already
2: At number four, rewind to 2009. 20th ranked BYU led by Max Hall. Upsets number three, Oklahoma, in the season opener at Jerry's World in Dallas. Incredible stadium there. Max and the Cougs. Of course, matched up against Sam Bradford, the Heisman Trophy winner, and OU. Bradford suffered that injury late in the second quarter. And BYU, in the words of Max Hall, we're going to win, did actually win, 14-13. The Cougars go 11-2 in 2009. They finished ranked number 12 in the final AP poll. And, of course, they beat Utah at the end of that season, as well as Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl. This was a nice start, my friend.
3: Yes, it was. Number three, 1996. BYU beats number 14 Kansas State in the Cotton Bowl. This is BYU's only New Year's Day bowl game. Down 15 to 5, oh. Sark and the boys score 14 straight to win. Game ceiling, play Omar Morgan's interception inside the 10 as Kansas State was knocking on the door. Here it is. Ed Keel, Keough, Brian Keel's older brother, yells at him, slant, slant, slant. Omar jumps the route. Bang. 14 and 1, first team to win 14 games. Still Ohio State in like 2014.
2: BYU overcame two of the most egregious missed pass interference calls I've ever witnessed in my life in this game. So happy that <laughs> they won this game. Number hey, Jamie two. Jamie had how many sacks? Six.
3: Six sacks and one. Six. Game. Incredible.
2: Number two. 1984. Number one ranked and undefeated BYU with the hobbling Robbie Bosco defeats Michigan in the Holiday Bowl to cap that perfect 1984 season. Michigan. Scrappy, they were injured. They were the ones that agreed to play BYU. The Cougars, they cemented their legacy with a dramatic comeback win. 24-17, Robbie Bosco finding Kelly Smith down the left sideline in the end zone. And BYU, well, they did enough to convince the voters that they were number one in the country.
3: And the number one Power 5 win in BYU history. 1990, number 16 BYU upsetting, defending national champion, number one Miami Miami ended up number three at the end of the year. Super legit win, right? Ty Detmer's Heisman moment. Four and six passing yards. Three touchdowns. He and a half thir- point dog in this game. The TD to Mike Salido, avoiding two. Miami defensive linemen right here. No. Classic. True freshman, Irvin Lee. broke up a pass late to seal the win right here. And that is the best Power 5 win in program history. How about that? There's an argument for I mean, Michigan. Well, they
2: won the natty.
3: But... For all the reasons I just outlined. This Miami team,
2: as you said, finished number three in the country.
3: This was a fantastic win. They weren't good. They weren't, like, great and then didn't end up great. They were great all year. Yes. This is their only loss? The defending
2: national champions finished number three. BYU took them down. That just... A rare hurricane watch posted for Provo, Utah.
3: Then it happened in 2013 again against Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it Like did. a hurricane. Geez. An
2: actual hurricane.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Our question of the day. What is the best BYU athletics upgrade of the past 10 years? At Mad-Eye Cosmo on Twitter answers, it's a tie between Kalani Satake and Coach Mark Pope. To quote the movie radio, I want both.
3: Well, there you go. All and right. to quote the Dr. Pepper commercial on the song, I want it
2: all! Reno Mahe responds with Heard a of picture him? of Kalani Satake and with the words, just saying with a Shaka sign. Okay. In response, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain <laughs> Resort from at Art Director BYU on Twitter. Upgrading from the 103rd best offense in 2017 to the third best in 2020 was nice.
3: There's one man in charge of that. Mm. Well, several, yes. several. There are a few, but the few one pieces. at the helm is named Aaron Roderick. Mm-hmm. Jeff Grimes, obviously, and Take, Steve Clark, of course, Kalani's in charge. But uh, that helped. And the quarterback for the majority of those games, 18 to 20, was that, Quilson?
2: Yeah, it helps to have the number two overall pick in the NFL draft as the quarterback. That but happens. There's a, there's a role in that. Yeah. Today's rise and shout-outs presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. I want to give one to Billy Nixon, John Swift, Everybody that works in the BYU football office has played a huge role in the upgrades over there.
3: It looks awesome. And then uh, Ken Pomeroy tweeted about the uh, Supreme Court ruling. Today's ruling won't end the NCAA, but the lopsided 9 nothing loss will do irreparable damage to its rating in the
2: net. Hmm. <laughs> He's got a point there. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guests, John Swift and Neil Pau, who was a surprise. Sorry
3: to Dennis Pitta, I don't really think we showed many of your highlights in that from the Oklahoma game on purpose.
2: For Jerram Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. We both want those shoe lockers. A shout-out to Jason Sukanek. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Let's go check out that locker room now, Jerram, shall we? Let's go. Go go. Coo. Go right now.